Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, and tonight I am flying solo. Uh, my co-host uh, tonight was supposed to be Jack McEnroff. He had something come up, and uh, Jeremy was unable to fill in, so you are stuck with me for the hour, um, unfortunately, I guess, uh, or maybe fortunate for some of you, who knows, um, but we're going to... Uh, and I'll have uh, Bradford McIntyre come on and share some of his story and talk about his uh, website. And, and just I wanted you to hear the story of somebody who's been living with this disease for almost a quarter of a century and who is still doing things to, out there, you know, to, to make a difference and to, and to spread awareness. So first, if it's your first time listening, I want to thank you all for tuning into the show. Um, again, this is Pause I Am Radio, and I am your host, Robert Brining. Uh, we do this every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we are here to offer you a dose of hope. We started this radio program because we felt people living with HIV and AIDS lost their voice. There was no voice for us, and there was nowhere for positive people to come in and, and get hope and share their story on a weekly basis. So we went ahead and created this so you guys could tune in every week and hear, you know, an insightful story. Um, maybe you relate to the person or relate to, to what he's trying to accomplish in his life. And, and what we try to do is to inspire people to, to share their stories. So we're always looking for guests here at the radio show. If you're interested in coming in um, and doing uh, an interview with us, you can reach us here at the radio show at robert at posim.com. Just send us your information and we'll, you know, check out your website and check out your story and stuff like that. Uh, I do want to tell you to, uh, on the radio show page as you're there, you do want to uh, friend us there if you can and mark the show as a favorite so you will get a monthly, a weekly reminder of the show um, through Blog Talk Radio. And if you do have a blog or a website, uh, right underneath the radio player is a little button that says um, grab the code for this player. If you hit that, it will pop up and give you a couple options. And then you can place the radio show uh, player, you know, for the Positive Radio Show on your blog or on your website or uh, maybe on your MySpace page or anywhere that you want, you're able to go ahead and, and put that there and, you know, allow people to listen to the show from your page. So that's always cool. And then you can listen to it from your page, too, instead of coming here if you didn't want to. So um, that's one thing that I wanted to remind everybody um, to figure out and learn how to do is to uh, take the radio show player and play it and share it with your friends. It's important. And don't forget, you can always ca um, catch any of our past shows on iTunes. You just go to iTunes and search Pause I Am. Um, it'll come up with all of our past shows. You can download them for free. You can take them with you. Um, a lot of people download them on their uh, iPod and, you know, 
catch the train every morning and listen to it on the way to work. So that's a great thing to to do and a great way to catch the shows that you may have missed previously. Um, I do want to, to uh, inform everybody that if you are new to the show, you can also join our social network. Uh, you can find the social network at posiam.com. That's P-O-Z-I-A-M.com. And uh, it's similar to any other social network. It's a place for people who are living with the disease to kind of come together, share stories, and talk about uh, real issues and share real feelings um, I was the type of person when I went to look for support, I couldn't find the support online. So all I wanted to do was talk to somebody face-to-face or talk to somebody who was living with this disease who understood what I was going through. And a lot of the things I found were either somewhat of a, a hookup or a sexual uh, site or it was so much medical information and, and medical words and, and statistics. It just blew my head and drove me crazy. So I wanted to create a place that didn't have all of that you know, a confusing talk where when you're newly diagnosed, it seems like so much information going into your brain. What's a viral load? What's the CD4 count? What's this mean? What's that mean? And it, it, it was an overload of information. So I just wanted to create a place where people could come and just be themselves and, and see that they're able to move past their diagnosis. And with over 2,000 members, we actually are, are, you know, starting to create this little movement, and, and people are starting to realize that they can move past their HIV diagnosis, and there's more to life, and HIV isn't a death sentence anymore. So, um, you know, uh, I'm really proud of that site, so you guys can go and check that out. I did just post up a new uh, blog post if you want to go check out my blog. That's also linked on posim.com. It's called The Positive Pitch. And I just posted a blog about uh, billboards. Are they used correctly? When you're driving down the street and you see an HIV and AIDS um, awareness billboard, what, what do you see? For me, I didn't see anything in my neighborhood, um, in my direct neighborhood. And I kind of blogged about the first time I ever saw HIV on a billboard um, in my own hometown of Levittown, Pennsylvania. It's It was something that Go to my blog, check it out. I'll let you check it out there because I don't want to get too much into it. I'm waiting for our guest, uh, Bradford, to call in. So once he calls into the show, I see he's in the chat room. So I say hi to Bradford, and let's see, hello to Brandy and Danny and John, and and I guess that's Pike7275, and pause for pause and good old spirit man. Thank you guys all for tuning in tonight. Um, again, Bradford McIntyre is from Canada, and he's going to come on and share his story, and you can – check out his website at www.positivelypositive.ca because he's in Canada. So uh, you can check out all his amazing work and and what he's doing. So please help me uh, bring on and welcome Bradford McIntyre. Hello, Bradford. Hi there. How are you? Good. How are you? Really good. I'm really excited to be here talking with you. This is great. You know, uh, I'm so... uh, in awe of everything that you're doing, and and uh, and so it's really great, actually, to have the opportunity to you know chat with you. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Um, I wanted to apologize. Jack told me to uh, send his apologies. He was supposed to sit in with me tonight and co-host, but something came up, um, and he wasn't able to. So it's just me and you for the night. So we'll fill it out. We'll make it good. <laughs> for so sure. <laughs> So how no, are you doing? Uh, t- Sorry, I said how are you doing today? Really good. Uh, it's uh, you know been uh, anticipating you know this evening for sure. For, so uh, you know it's really great to actually have the opportunity to 
you know, talk about the fact that there are so many people that are HIV positive that are, you know, telling people that they're HIV positive, whether it's partner or family, friends, and, uh, you know, and they're, you know, they're fine, they're, you know, they're living happy lives, and, uh, you know, they're not having to live hiding the fact that they're HIV positive. Yeah, I think that's great. A lot more people, you know, that, I mean, that I see, that I've come in contact, obviously, because we do this work, so we hear about it a lot more, you know, than the average person, but I do see a lot more people actually, like, starting to, I, I like watching them eat Like, they'll join Paws I Am, and they won't have a photo, and then they have a photo, and then they start a blog, you know what I mean? And then they're on the radio show, and then they're out there doing their thing, and I just think that that's <laughs> such a great thing to watch that transformation in someone. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, that's really what's needed, you know, the, the uh, you know, the incorrect thinking that HIV was an automatic death sentence, you know, created the fear and, and stigma and discrimination, but you know, that's not the case. We know that, you know, how it's, uh, you know, how an individual is infected. So people don't have to be afraid and, and uh, you know, it amazes me that in, you know, 2010, you know, nearly 30 years uh, since HIV first emerged, that people are still, you know, in that old mindset that, you know, it's an automatic death sentence when it's not. You know, I, I was infected in 1984, and actually this month, um, November 28, 1985, my doctor told me to inform my family, arrange my finances and funeral that I had six months to live. And so you know, I've been positive 26 years, and this is a 25th year that I've actually, you know, come to November 28th. You know, that's come, just coming up now, and it'll be 25 well, years. Oh, thank you. You know, it's always been a, you know, a date to get to and get through as well as, you know, a celebration of life and that, you know, I I made it. You know, another year, and and uh, originally, you know, it, it seemed kind of tough to get to that point. But you know, certainly as you know, things have changed and better understanding and better treatments. You know, here I am in uh, you know 2010 with a CD4 count of 940 and been uh, undetectable for the HIV virus since 1997. That is so awesome. And, you know, for, for people who are newly diagnosed and who may be listening, you know, and think they're not going to be able to live two, three years, they think they're going to die right away, knowing that you, you know, are now going on your 26th year, right? Right. You're going on your 26th year. That just offers so much hope, and that's exactly why we do the show and exactly why I love having, you know, I, you're considered a long-term survivor, you know, but people tell me that I'm a, I've been around for 10 years and people say that that's a long-term survivor. But for me, people like you, you know, who've been around long and you said, you know, a quarter of a century, that's a lot of hope that you offer just by still getting up there and sharing your story. And that's why you know, I'm doing what I'm doing with, you know, Positively Positive, my website. And, and uh, you know, it is an op- it's been an opportunity for me to provide a face for someone living with HIV. And the letters that I receive, the emails that I receive from, from people, you know, from all over the world are individuals that just found out or, or uh, you know, have been positive two years or five years. 
and uh you know when they visited my website and saw you know 20 years 23 years 25 years you know they they thought well maybe i don't have to worry about dying well, I, I applaud it because for me, I mean, for a lot of people who are long-term survivors and who are activists, a lot of them don't put themselves out there anymore. They go, oh, the yeah. generation is coming, it's their turn to do it, and they kind of get complacent. And for me, I need to see somebody who's still up there to keep me going. You no, know I, I, mean? so I it, think that is the biggest mistake the, that, that's been made in that in order to educate, you know, the world about HIV, really what people need to see are individuals who are infected, you know, front and center, foremost. That's what people need to see. They don't need a snippet of news about a new drug. They don't need a snippet of news about, you know, the numbers of people that are infected. They need to see people who are HIV positive talking about HIV, prevention methods, you know, messages, as well as what it is like to live as a person who is infected, you know, because a lot of people, you know, now, especially with, you know, the the, the cocktail, a lot of people are of the mind, well, oh, I can just take a pill and, you know, it'll be okay, but, you know, I've been on the medication since 1997, and, you know, it certainly isn't, uh, you know, what you want to have to live with the rest of your life, you know, so if you can prevent being infected and prevent having to worry about your health and and not have to go on, you know, medications that really, you know, aren't easy to deal with, you know, people, you know, really need to, you know, to, to see people telling them what it is like to live with HIV so that people, you know, can really get a much better understanding from those that are infected. Absolutely. One of the things that I read on your on your site was last last year November you threw a little party. Tell us about the party you threw. Uh, sorry, what was that? I missed that. Uh, I want you to tell me about the party that you threw last uh, November for your friends. Uh, well, every year when I you know uh, think about you know the twenty eighth of November coming up, it's a time when for many years I shared it. You know silently, you know, by myself, you know, with myself. Uh, but, you know, after many years of hiding the fact that I was HIV positive, you know, from from almost everyone, uh, you know, I did start to, you know, confide in, you know, uh, my sister, you know, a couple of friends, and over the years a few more people. And, and so then when I finally did come out about, being HIV positive, well, then I could tell everyone and anyone, and I could have a party and and everybody know, and and so you know on November twenty eighth, you know that is what I call you know my celebration of life. I think that's awesome, Mom. I mean, I I well, I would love to do that as well. I think it's great that you you know you celebrated your life and you gave that little little uh, crystals right to your friends, little gifts. Right. Were they like awards? Right. Or something yeah. like that that you gave to each one, like best support and stuff like that. Right. Actually, that party wasn't. That party was in nineteen ninety three, I believe, three or four. I can't remember now. That that I actually gave out awards 
you know, to to different friends and that that came to the party for you know best supporting, you know, <laughs> most instrumental. I mean, I didn't get I didn't get where I am today by myself. You know, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for all the many people in my life that, you know, have have been there and and have helped and contributed in one way or another. You know, is the only way that you know I you know, I'm able to be here today. You know, I. There were times when I couldn't do it by myself, you know, and and I needed help. And, and even though I've lived for 26 years, you know, knowing that I was infected with HIV, it isn't that I haven't had health problems because I have, and I've been close to death, you know, several occasions. And and uh, you know, I'm just fortunate enough that you know each thing that. I go through, you know, I, I I'm able to come out the other side so far. So I'm I'm very happy to, you know, to ha- have made it this far and the fact that I have, I don't feel that I can just, you know, uh, go on about life, you know, uh, without uh doing something to contribute to creating HIV and AIDS awareness. You know, there are a lot of people that uh broke down all those boundaries of stigma and discrimination and and made it so that people didn't lose their, don't lose their jobs and can't be evicted from their apartments and and you know, so that people don't have to be afraid long before you know, I came out about you know being HIV positive because like I said you know I I hid for you know quite a few years before I actually came out so when I did you know I felt like I had to carry it on do you, do you remember the moment when when you decided that you were going to like come out about it and be very public about it? What yes, I like do, and actually, moment? it's one of my my most favorite moments. <laughs> in that, I came to Vancouver in 1994. Uh, I had been very sick for months and months, and a friend of mine, uh, a girlfriend, got a job in Vancouver, and her company was moving her out, but she needed to get her car to Vancouver, and I was just, you know, starting to feel better after having been quite ill, and uh, and so I said, I'll drive your car out, and, and I spent a couple of weeks driving across the United States uh, to, uh, and then to, you know, Vancouver, Canada, with her car, and I was here and I just love Vancouver and and actually just prior to going home I was on the Burrard Street Bridge overlooking English Bay and I was looking at the the stars and the sky and the lights and the tankers in the bay and Granville Island and it was just you know so beautiful and picturesque and and at the same time I had this what I call it like a vision and that you know, I just started to think about all those people that were doing something that I admired, you know, and, and, and then it came to me that, well, the only difference between them and anybody else is that they're doing it. You know, so I said, well, when I get home, and I was flying like two days later back to Ottawa, which was where I was living at the time, I said, when I get back home, I'm going to contact the media and tell them I've been HIV positive, healthy, for almost a decade and just kind of you know, see what they say. And when I got home, I did that, and what happened was, unbeknownst to me, it was AIDS week in Ottawa. And so next thing I knew, my story was 
on the news, you know, uh, article was published in the newspaper about me, you know, living with HIV. And from there, really, uh, you know, I had, uh, the other thing I said was that uh, I'm going to inform the media that I'm HIV positive and that if I can, uh, I'd like to move to Vancouver. And so really, my coming out publicly was the beginning of me getting involved really in creating HIV AIDS awareness, and I've been doing that now for 16 years, and it turned out that I was able to move to Vancouver, which is where I live now, so oh, wow. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> So what is it like in Vancouver? Like, what are the are there a lot of aid service organizations there, or because I've never oh. been to Vancouver, I've only been to Toronto, and I know that's a very like city city, you yeah. know what I mean? And I saw when I was there that there was a lot of um, at least flyers and stuff around for people to get help in the local bars. I don't know how it is in Toronto. Yeah, here there is just it's it, it is an excellent center for anybody who is living with HIV. Uh, the Center for Excellence. Uh, at uh, here in Vancouver, um, and uh, has ensured that anyone who is HIV positive has access to, uh, at no cost, to you know antiretroviral drugs, uh, which is great because we know that that's one of the biggest problems in, uh, for people living with HIV. No matter where you are, it seems that one of the biggest problems is. You know, being able to have access to the medications. So, in here in Vancouver, no one is denied antiretroviral medications through the BC Center for Excellence. There are all kinds of there's British Columbia Persons with AIDS Society, AIDS Vancouver, uh, all kinds of other uh, different AIDS groups and branches throughout British Columbia that are, are, are excellent. Uh, we also have, I just have down the street, it's called Friends for Life. Uh, it's for anyone living with a life-threatening illness, and, and they do great work. Uh, certainly for anyone who is HIV positive, uh, St. Paul's Hospital is tops in, in HIV AIDS care. Julio Montaner is, you know, known throughout the world. He was uh, uh, the International AIDS Society president but he's also you know uh, an amazing position that through the center for excellence in st paul's hospital has uh, you know been responsible for you know bringing us the triple combination cocktail and now the seek and treat which is about you know finding people that are hiv positive and get them on medications get so they're not de- you know developing uh, you know, huge viral loads that are compromising the immune system, get them on the medications, you know, reduce the viral loads under detectable, then they're not susceptible to opportunistic infections. And so, you know, the work that he's done and the center does, you know, and everything that's going on here in British Columbia was also one of the reasons why I, I moved here. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, uh, depending on where you live in Canada, you know, um, the antiretroviral drugs may not be available. And it's similar to the United States. You know, there are a lot of people in the United States where, you know, Canadians living with HIV, we've been sending, you know, meds that, you know, if we stop a medication or we have extra medication and a change or, you know, we're sending medications to people in the United States because so many people don't have access. So that's one of the big problems. 
Yeah, it is, because a lot of people, you know, say that it's easy, uh, up there in, you know, Canada that it's better to have that um, the universal health care because people are getting, you know, their medications there, and you don't have waiting lists like we do here because we have ADAPT waiting lists where people are on waiting lists to get their medication. Right. Now, I'm, I am able to uh, go to have, uh, you know, blood work uh, every three months, and uh, I get three-month supply of antiretroviral drugs, and uh, as long as my viral load is, you know, stays as undetectable and my CD4 count is strong, you know, I don't have to go any more often than that for, you know, blood work and, and medications. And so getting individuals on medications uh, sooner rather than later and, and, and getting them to a place where, you know, their immune system isn't compromised also means less time going to doctors less time having to be spent you know going for blood work and going for medications one of the things i wanted to um talk to you about and you talked a little bit about when you know you told your family do you remember the first time you disclosed to um you know somebody you were interested in like relationship wise well actually um I knew I was HIV positive, but I had just started a relationship, and we'd only been together a month. Uh, he knew that I was HIV positive, but on that you know, fateful day, November 28, 1985, I actually went to another city because I didn't want to be seen in the city where I lived in case someone you know, in the hospital you know, thought that I might be HIV positive. So I went to another city. And actually, it was Hamilton, Ontario, and I waited for the you know McMaster University Hospital to actually open you know the very first AIDS clinic and was one of the very first patients and It was there that the doctor told me that you know I only had six months to live, so I had to drive home and tell my partner and that was you know uh, uh, horrific, and that you know how how do you go home and tell somebody that you know you're going to die. Um, and actually, I made a little lighter of it than that, and and uh, uh, as it turned out that that relationship ended because, you know, he didn't want to, you know, watch me, well, perceived me to, you know, get sick and die, and, and so he didn't want to watch that, and so the relationship ended. As far as when I was single, um and initially, I would say that when I told people, they they ran as fast as they could, you know, um, because that was way back in you know eighty four, eighty five, eighty six, and 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 actually prior to you know eighty six, which was you know uh, drugs to treat HIV, um, definitely. You know, people were afraid that it was an automatic death sentence, and and so even if you brought up condom, you know, people thought, well, why would you bring it up unless you were HIV positive too? So there were lots, there were lots of things going on with uh, with regards to you know the fear and and the stigma, you know, when telling someone. It, I used to get annoyed that why do I always have to be the one to bring it up? Because no one ever, you know, brought it up. You know, but because I was HIV positive, I knew I had to, and so there were times when you know that 
annoys me that I actually had to be always be the one when really everyone needs to be the one who speaks up and says, you know, are you HIV positive or I am HIV positive in that, you know, there there's a virus that cannot be transmitted unless it has the exact circumstances and 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 that's to engage in you know unsafe sex and so if you're not engaged in unsafe sex then there's absolutely nothing else to worry about yeah that's one of the things that a lot of people um you know who are hiv positive debate with each other of who is who is more respond who does the responsibility lie with when it comes to uh the you know should it be the person who is hiv positive or should it be the person who isn't HIV positive, or should it be both people? Everyone. And, and, and everybody should, right? And everybody should, but it's always that, oh, well, because, we, I mean, I've had, I talk to people who are like, you know, it's their responsibility to ask me. I shouldn't have to tell them. If they don't care about themselves, why should I? And it's just like, for me, I feel obligated to because I am the one with the virus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's like what I, I love about having come out about being HIV positive is because, you know, I'm out about it. I don't have any qualms about saying it. And so, you know, if somebody else, you know, that makes them nervous or they're afraid, you know, that's how they're dealing with it. But for me, you know, I'm I'm perfectly comfortable with the fact that I'm HIV positive and that I, you know, I, I, I'm open about it. And really, if everyone was, we wouldn't have spread you know, this virus to the point where there's, you know, 40 million people infected with HIV and 27 million people have have died. You know, in Canada, someone is infected every two hours with HIV, you know, and HIV doesn't discriminate. You can't tell by looking at if somebody is infected. So everyone needs to be proactive in this in order for us to stop the virus. Oh, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you because if the people who are affected by the disease don't start speaking out, you know what I mean, there, there's going to be so many more that are infected because if you wait until you're affected by it to do something about it, it's going to be too late. Absolutely, and and it's it's really been disheartening for you know someone like myself and 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 any anyone really who has been living with HIV for you know many 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 years, and you know for all of us and all those people that have been working to you know prevent the spread of HIV to uh, see that you know we're actually not making a dent in that you know. Here in Canada, in the first 10 years of, of HIV, we had it almost wiped out, and, and primarily, you know, fear had a lot to, to do with that. But really, we had it down to very few new infections. But then, with the advent of the antiretroviral drugs, people got this idea that since we have the drugs, that, oh, you just have to take a pill. But not everyone tolerates the drugs. Not every, everyone can tolerate the drugs. Uh, there are people who develop resistance. There are people for who their immune system and their viral load is such that it's too late. You know, so there's a lot that an individual can, you know, can do. You know, understanding that you know we can stop this virus. 
You know, and the best thing to do is is to make sure that you don't infect someone if you are, and that you know anyone who who is with a partner, you know, has that conversation around safe sex. I agree. I have a question here in the chat room um, for from Pause for Pause thirty four. He asks Bradford, how do you feel about stem cell research to find the cure for HIV? Well, that's, I just read an article about that yesterday with regards to you know uh, um, treating uh, an individual who has is both HIV positive and has lymphoma, and so the research you know for that particular case uh, you know seems to show that there's you know benefit, and because of that, that is good reason to hope that. Stem cell may, in fact, be uh, one of the directions that we can go to actually stop the virus in its track in our bodies, those that are infected. And, and it just cracks me up that these people are so against stem cell research when, you know, it could really be saving lives. And it just, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me that people would be against something that that's trying to help prolong the life of people, you know, who are who are, I don't know, well, in a lot of the areas that they've, you know, just the, the directions that they've gone to work with stem cell and, you know, a particular illness or disease, they're all coming up with, you know, benefits in, in, in cancer and, and so why not HIV? And, and actually cancer and HIV have, have been brother and sister to, you know, to one another in as much as uh, uh, the medications uh, are, are similar. You know, people think that you know, the pills that people are taking for HIV, given that they're called, you know, antiretroviral drugs, are easy to take when, in fact, what they really are is a chemotherapy drug. And as you're taking a chemotherapy-type drug for the rest of your life from the time you, you know, you're infected and start medication and for the rest of your life, unless we do find you know, a cure such as stem cell. So anyone who is against you know, stem cell really uh, is, is preventing progress in dealing with illness, and, and, and we need to move you know, in those directions. Uh, another question from the chat room from Michael Lee. He says, "What do you feel about the news of a possible cure with the new, with the news of the non-progressing people having the key?" Uh, can you say that again? The non-progressive people having the key to a possible cure for HIV. Well, it's funny that they didn't look at all those people that you know, went went for years and years, you know, not developing any, any uh, HIV. My understanding is, is that uh, there are definitely a number of people that uh, have a specific gene that will prevent them from ever being, you know, really bothered by having uh, been infected with HIV, that they're, you know, the gene that they carry prevents uh, it from actually being active or, or, or causing illness in them. And so certainly that's a great place to look. Why are these people, you know, not contracting the illness, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so 
that's something that I know myself and a lot of other people that I know that are HIV positive. We've said for years, why aren't they looking at all of us that you know that are still fine? I never uh, took any HIV medications until 1997, but I was infected in 1984. Uh, actually, I did try AZT in 1990 um, after years of the doctors saying you need to be on drugs. But I've never really tolerated medications very well, and so I I put it off. And unfortunately for me, uh, although ACT has helped a lot of people, certainly for me, uh, I developed a severe case of neuropathy, with crippling of my legs, and and oh, wow. uh, and so I couldn't tolerate it. And so then I never took another HIV med from you know 1990 till 1997. And uh, in 1997, I had uh, developed um, pneumocystis carnelli pneumonia, PCP, and uh, it looked like you know I might die. And uh, my CD4 count was 40. The viral load was in the millions, and uh, I couldn't tolerate the medications for the pneumonia. And so the only alternative was to try the HIV meds and see if that would boost my immune system, you know, eradicate the, some virus, boost my immune system so that it could fight off the pneumonia. And that's exactly what happened. And and so I've been actually taking the antiretroviral drugs since 1997. But as I said, I don't, I'm, I'm not one of those people that, you know, has been able to go back to work and 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 everything's fine. You know, I don't tolerate the drugs very well, and I have had, you know, side effects of the drugs. And the last three years have fought with the problem with you know my thyroid, which has been affected because of the side effects of the drugs. And uh, you know, it it's a, it can be a struggle. You know, even though you know we're able to live longer and 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 can have, in all intents and purposes, a fairly normal life, at the same time, uh, there is lots to deal with. Right. I just want to remind people we are a little bit past past the half of the show. So if you guys want to give us a call here at the show and speak with me and Bradford, please give us a call at three four seven two one five nine four four two. Or you can type your question in the chat room or tweet your questions to us at pause I am. Uh so um yeah. Oh uh, so before that, so you were saying you didn't actually start your medications until well now before until you were you know, hospitalized with you said PCP. Nineteen ninety seven, yeah. Was, right. That, now, what that your, was really your, the first I mean, I've actually, that's, like I said, I couldn't uh, tolerate the medication for the pneumonia, so the only thing was to try, you know, uh, a combination of drugs uh, for HIV. And within, you know, a very, you know, short period of time, that's what happened. That, you know, my, uh, I was able to fight off the pneumonia, and fortunately, you know, uh, you know, didn't die from it, because uh, that, PCP pneumonia certainly, you know, is what killed a lot of people in the early years of HIV. Um, we have certainly come a long way where it's not very common, at least not in 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 Canada. I, I I don't know about the United States, but it's not very common for anybody to, 
you know, have PCP or go blind or have Carposi sarcoma, you know, because we, uh, we we understand all of those things now when we have medications, you know, so that those are uh, those things aren't happening because people are on medications that prevent opportunistic infections from taking place. All right. So during those seven years, um, in between when you first took AZT to your new medicine, were your counts good? I mean, was your like you know your viral load down and your CD4 up, so you didn't have to start med? Was it kind well, of well, I, I had afraid? a yeah, I had a CD4 count of 425 in 1984, and uh, it was in that 400. Stayed in that 400 range from 1984 to. Even when I went on the AZT, I didn't go on the AZT um, because my immune system had fallen, you know, below 250, or or, I, or that I was sick. It was just that the doctors had said, you know, you should be on the medications. I mean, that's what they were doing. That they were giving people medications when they were, you know, diagnosed HIV positive, and and uh, I had. You know, initially decided I didn't want to do that, and I was going to try and stay as healthy as I could, and and that's really what we're talking about too. In, in that, there are a lot of people who uh, have been infected with HIV that aren't necessarily going to get you know uh, sick right away. We we really don't know. Everyone's a, a, a unique individual. Everyone's immune system is different, and and a healthy immune system is very good at you know fighting off uh, you know infections and 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 HIV included in that. And so I was involved in you know ensuring that you know I researched all the different things that people that weren't on medications because initially there weren't any medications and so we had to do something so we looked to food and 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 supplements and that was what I really was doing was diet and vitamins minerals herbs and botanicals I was doing all of those things all through those years uh unfortunately I was I I didn't uh, realize that uh you know I wasn't keeping track of the CD4 count, which is one of the most important things an individual needs to do. People need to know what their CD4 count is. People need to know what their viral load is. You know, I had, I was, I allowed myself to feel comfortable that, oh, my immune system was in 400 and the range to start medications was 250. But because I went for a period of time where I didn't have the blood work done, uh, when really it needs to be done regularly, one to three months, you know, every one to three months for sure, if you're HIV positive. And I had uh, I had not done that, and my immune system really was was being weakened all all those years by the virus being allowed to replicate. Even though you know my CD4 was around 400, we didn't know what the viral load was. We, I mean, we didn't have a way of detecting the viral load, uh, and back in those years, and so I had no idea what my the actual viral count was. And when I actually developed the PCP pneumonia.
pneumonia and had the blood work done, my viral load was in the several millions because we had come up with you know a way to determine you know the viral load count and my cd4 count was no longer 400 or 425 it was 40 you know and uh, and that was why i was so ill and so people are able to ensure that you know they have uh, their health uh, when they're hiv positive by ensuring that they don't allow the virus to replicate and get out of control. It's when the virus actually replicates into those numbers that then are able to have a negative impact on the immune system and weaken it that opportunistic infections occur. No, I, I agree. I have another question coming out of the chat room here from Michael Lee. He says, what keeps you going after all these years? Example, is there something that just keeps you moving forward spiritually, emotionally, or physically? Well, my consciousness, I hold a consciousness that is definitely about being positively positive, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Uh, it certainly hasn't always been easy to you know, uh, deal with what's going on and get through what's going on and a lot of times it's like a roller coaster you know this happens you get through that and then up and over this into that and 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 uh, uh it has been tiring in in as much as that i've been dealing with it you know, over 26 years so there are times when i think oh gee i'm pooped i don't know if i can i can do this but uh I believe that we are all here together, connected, and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for all the people in my life. And on a conscious level, I'm connected to everyone in the world, you know, whose consciousness is that of love and and taking care of one another. And so uh, that feeds my spirit. Uh, and, And I know that I'm not a body. I know that I'm not... HIV positive. I'm Bradford, and 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 the spirit that I am uh, has supported me, you know, through these years. I, I certainly was of the mind when I first was infected that, you know, I I didn't I didn't know how I would get through what I was going to go through. So I kind of went on a journey to try to find those things that would help me, you know, self-help books and workshops and, and, and uh, you know, meditation and visualization and actually my, you know, connection to my spirit and my connection to all of us and the universe is, has been something that has grown and, and is really strong in me. And uh, the will to live and, and uh, you know, have a partner who isn't HIV positive. Uh, we've been together 11 years. Uh, married, we'll celebrate married 10 years. Uh, in next Congratulations. Year. Thank you. And uh, I want to be here, you know, to continue my relationship with, with my partner. I certainly I had two relationships that both relationships ended because the other person didn't want to watch me get sick and die. And, and uh, you know, I thought I was going to die. And here I am all these years later, I'm as snug as a bug as a rug in a rug, you know, living with a, you know, a wonderful man and, 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 uh, you know, happily married. And, uh, when really 
that wasn't something that I ever thought was in the cards for me. You know, so that's the other that's thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's awesome that you say that because a lot of people, you know, who are going through a newly diagnosed, they think they're never going to find love again. And you talked about how you were, you know, rejected by people who, you know, found out you were positive and didn't want to supposedly watch you die, as you put it. Um, and I just commend you because a lot of people, you know, think that they're not going to be able to find that. And you showing that you were, you know, let, you know, rejected because of it or, or they didn't want to be bothered and then you found love. It just shows that there are, that we can still live that productive and, and full life. I do want to bring a caller on the air. Uh, I have a caller here. So, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? This is Danny. Hello. Hello. Hey, Danny, how Hello. are you? Hello. Hello. Danny, just lower your speakers in the background. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you getting feedback? <laughs> yeah. Is that better? Okay. Yes, much better. Hi, hi Robert. <laughs> hi, Brad. Hi, how are hi, you? Hi, Bradford. Hi, hi. I don't really have a question. Um, I'm just listening in and listening to your story, and I just want to commend you. And it's people like you that make me keep going because I do speak. I'm on a speaker's bureau. It's small time compared to you probably. It's just within my county, two-county radius. And I do um, high schools, middle schools, uh, nursing schools, colleges, and rehabilitation centers. I stay away from the jail because that's just bad, bad juju. I can't go to jail. But um, I find that... Oh, you're doing great. Yeah, there's just so much ignorance out there. People just don't know, you know, because I graduated from high school in 1987. And back then, AIDS was new, and it was like it was the gay plague, and everybody was dying, and, you know... Half of Manhattan was gone, and San Francisco was wiped out, and that's all I knew about it, you know? And I just thought, oh, it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to me. Well, guess what? Here I am, you know, but I'm trying to make being positive a positive thing by educating people along the way. And I'll talk to anybody. I don't care. I don't hide it. I don't care. You know what? i got a lot to give. You know, Robert knows this because we chit-chatted before, and, um, um, I just, you know, I, I enjoy what I do, you know. I, I volunteer at the Bethesda House here locally. That's a place for people with HIV and AIDS. I work at the food bank there. And um, December 1st, we're having the World AIDS Day breakfast, and I'm going to be there flipping eggs. And then December 4th <laughs> is the AIDS walk. I'll be doing that. I don't have a sponsor, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going to do it because I can, because I'm still able to get out there and walk. I'm slow, but I'm sure. You know, and I probably have to stop for a cigarette break, but who cares? I'm doing it because I want to. Um, so anyway, Bradford, you keep up your wonderful, wonderful work. And, well, um, it sounds like you're doing uh, amazing things. Well, yeah, but it's small time. I want to go. I want to get a little bigger. You know, and I've told everybody this, and Robert's heard this. I'm not an activist, but I have a voice, you know, yeah. and it's not a life sentence. And I'm still here, damn it, and you're going to listen to me. Especially, if, you know, when I'm in a group setting, they have to listen to me. And I do show them. I go into, I don't use any any um, medical terms or clinical terms with people because you just lose them. They don't know what a CD4 count is. They don't know what a viral load is. I didn't know when I went to the doctor. Fortunately, my other half is a nurse, and I'm like, okay, what is all this nonsense? Can you break this down into, like, people terms? So when I speak, I speak like I'm speaking to a bunch of school kids. That way they get it. You know, and Absolutely. once in a while I do throw an, I throw an F-bomb or two out there just to make sure I have their attention because, you know, 
<laughs> if I don't have their attention, they're going to leave the room, and that's it. And if it's something where they have to have credit, uh, guess what? I'm going to cross your name off the list. Well, we need as many people as possible doing every bit as much as you're doing and in, 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 in the fact that there's so few people really understand HIV or really think that it'll ever happen to them that we really need to have more people like yourself well, doing the work that thank you're you. doing. And it's, like I said, it's small. I do it maybe a couple times a month, but it's free. I don't get paid for it. I don't care. It's just, it, Every time I speak, in front of a group of people. The last group I did was 150. That was a little daunting. But um, every time I speak about it, it gets that much easier for me. So it's really, you know, it's about me. I, you know, if they get it, they get it. But every time I manage to reach somebody, and after, you know, I break out a group, and usually we go smoke because we all smoke, you know. Um, that's <laughs> when I get to the, the one-on-ones with people that they aren't comfortable bringing up in group. They say, how did you know? And, you know, they ask me really, really poignant questions, but they're not comfortable doing it in a group setting, which I understand. I, You know, it's a, it's a real touchy subject. You don't just talk about it in conversation with people, you know, on the street. I do, but that's me. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to keep on going. Eventually, I'm in Florida, and I we hate it here. We absolutely hate it here. Um, my mom died a couple years ago, and with her gone, there's nothing really to keep me here anymore, you know, and it's just, I've been here since 1990, and I'm thinking of Vermont, because it's close enough to my people in northern New York, it's close enough to Canada, I mean, it's, it's you know, and, and gay marriage is legal, it's never going to be legal in Florida, never, never going to happen, you know, and before I die, I want a piece of paper that says that the man I've lived with, with 12 year, for 12 years is more than a roommate. He's my husband slash partner slash whatever. You know, and I don't know. It, it does make you question your mortality, but um, I don't know. I just try to, you know, I have slowed down a lot, but I could talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, Robert. Anyway, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah, I, I had do. for you. That's all I had for you, Bradford. And, Robert, you're doing, you're doing great flying solo. I know Jack's in La La Land, and he's probably out partying with the drag queens or doing something fun. <laughs> you know how he uh, is. Yeah, always having a good time, but hey, it happens. Dan, you have a great night, man. All right, yeah. thank you, Robert. Thank you, Bradford. Hang in there, bud. Yeah, <laughs> definitely will. Uh, it was funny. Uh, he's a he's a hoot. Uh, he actually is a uh, blogger and a contributor for PositiveLight.com, which I think I just read some articles um, on of you of yours on there, right? Yeah, I saw an exactly. Ryan yeah. Did, I did an interview on Positive Light uh, in uh, September, or no, yeah, October first, actually, yeah, October. Yeah, I, I just read that the um, the other day when I was looking at it, and then I saw. I think you posted your video up there, right? Yes, and now I have actually on YouTube. I have an, a number of videos now. I have the uh, the speaking engagement I did uh, out about HIV. And then uh, here in Vancouver, I'm also on the board of directors of AIDS Vancouver. And the month of November is the We Care Red Ribbon campaign, AIDS Vancouver's We Care Red Ribbon campaign. And we launched it on the 1st of November at City Hall with Mayor Gregor Robertson proclaiming the month of November Red Ribbon Month. And then on Tuesday, AIDS Vancouver representatives, we were at, uh, we went to 
back to City Hall and uh, presented the We Are uh, We We Care Red Ribbon campaign to City Council. And so now I have uh, actually put some uh, videos on YouTube of the uh, the launch events at City Hall and also uh, the AIDS Vancouver uh, PSA's stigma, uh, breaking the silence, breaking down the silence, and safer sex practices, PCAs, public service announcements. And just on Friday night, we had a, a We Care Red Ribbon campaign uh, presenting the screening of the 35-millimeter uh, restoration of the film Parting Glances uh, that was uh, a film that Bill Sherwood uh, wrote and produced that came out in 1985, and it, and it was uh, uh, the first one of the first uh, films to address HIV. And so I actually uh, presented that, and so got a lot of videos actually on YouTube after have never really having had any uh, real uh, uh, video put up on YouTube before. I always had uh, videos that documentaries and and different things that I've done on, actually on my website. So this is really exciting too. Not only am I reaching all the people that I reach through my website. But are reaching the people through YouTube, which is, you know, as you know, is. Been, you know, what is the name of uh, your YouTube channel so people can look you up? Can they just put Brad, in your name? Just type in, they can just type in Bradford McIntyre YouTube and, and they'll find my videos. That's great. They can find all other information on you. They can also find you. Are you on Twitter or Facebook? I'm on Facebook. on Facebook. Yeah, just Bradford McIntyre on, on Facebook. And people can contact you directly and and check out all the information and all the amazing work that you've done. Because I went through some of, um, you know, your your bio and, and the past stuff that you've done, and, and you're fully involved. And for me, as somebody who is uh, uh, living with this disease for ten years, I commend you and and I thank you for still putting your voice out there. It is so so important that these long-term survivors stay around and keep sharing their stories and not, you know, feel like their time is over and they can retire now because. The, those long-term survivors are the ones that inspire these young people to get up there and, and, and turn into activists. So I think it's amazing what you do. They can find all the information on Bradford at Positively Speak. No, Positively Speaking. Listen to me. PositivelyPositive.ca. Yeah. Um, one question I did want to ask you before uh, I let you go, Bradford, is coming out of the chat room from Pause for Pause, he likes to know, what do you see when you look in the mirror every day? Oh, well, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I see that I'm still working very hard to continue to live and enjoy life as fully as I can and that, you know, I'm going to be as positively positive as I can and stay around for as long as I can. Well, I think <laughs> so, I, you know, I, when I look in the mirror, I, I'm happy with what I see. <laughs> well, that's great, Bradford. I want to thank you so much for um, joining us this hour, and um, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. It was so great to talk to you.
Oh, thank you so much for this opportunity. I mean, you are just doing amazing things with Pause I Am and Pause I Am Radio and the pitch and all the different things that you're doing. <laughs> definitely, you know, uh, it's good to see you younger guys you know, <laughs> doing all these things. I, you know, I, I haven't learned to do all the things that you're doing when it comes to web work and and getting things up there on the web so people can find it. So I really admire all the work that you're doing. Oh, well, thank you so much, Brad. Have a great night. You too. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks. And remember, folks, you can find more information on tonight's guest, Bradford McIntyre, at www.positivelypositive.ca. I put that in the chat room. Look them up on Facebook. Um, definitely uh, something you want to check out. I also want to remind you, you can find more information on me and my blog at www.posim.com. I just had an article that was written for the uh, Philadelphia Gay News, and I wanted to uh, send that with you. Go ahead and check it out. I shared my story of growing up in Philadelphia, and I would love for you to leave a comment there. Just go to the Philadelphia Gay News, and under the, the detour tab, there's a portrait. You click portraits, and you'll see my photo, and there I am. Thank you all for tuning in tonight and getting your dose of hope. We hope to see you next week where we'll be speaking about HIV and meth. We're going to have um, people from tweaker.org come on and talk about what meth is and what it does to the body. And then our own Pazayemer, Greg, is going to come on and share his personal story of dealing with using meth and becoming HIV positive and how he's now turning that around to share his story to help other people who are dealing with the same demons. I want to thank you all for tuning in, and I hope you had a great night, and I'll talk to you next Sunday. Thank you. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.